Man, it's so good to be here today. It's so good to be here today, and I'm excited to continue our series, Fresh Air. Amen. Could you give the Lord one more hand praise and take your seats? Amen. God is able. Amen. God is able. So how's your fast going? Amen. So I want to tell you, um, maybe you have fell off the bandwagon. Maybe you've struggled a little. Um, in the early 1900s, there was uh, one baseball player. He led the American League in strikeouts. That's right, strikeouts. In the year 1918, 1923, 1924, 1927, and 1928, he led the American League in strikeouts. And I am talking about the home run king, Babe Ruth. So before he, was, before he reached the pinnacle of his career, he struck out a few times. So what am I, why do I say that? Because you may have struck out on your fast. But I want to challenge you. Let's finish strong. Amen in Jesus' name. So even if you fell off, let's, let's make this the best seven-day fast that you can. And uh, believe God for great things. I know that God is at work, and I know that he is going to do something awesome in your life. It's so good to be here again. So we've been talking about the, the subject is fresh air and being able to put some wind in yourselves and to be able to give you that enjoyment uh, that truly comes from a, a genuine and authentic relationship with God. I talked to you on the 9th about uh, enjoying prayer. And, and last week, Brother Manny, what an incredible word on the living Bible. Amen. Um, so it, it, these are just topics that we're trying to instill, that we want to instill with the help of God in your life, that you could be able to uh, be victorious, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. Amen. Um, so another topic that I want to uh, dive into today is the topic of worship. And this has the potential to, to put wind in your cells and to give you the encouragement that you need. And we're going to talk about this for just a little bit. So I want to just share with you the series verse that has been um, the topic or has been the theme of this uh, series. And it is uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. If you have it in the version app, it is there. Uh, when Paul tells Timothy, may the Lord bless Onesiphorus. And all his family, because he visited me and encouraged me often, his visits revived me like a breath of fresh air. And he was never ashamed of me being in jail. So if you find yourself not very excited, uh, you find yourself in a routine, you find yourself just in, in some monotony, it's just, man, I, I, it's just stale and it, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Um, I want to talk to you today about worship because it can revive and revitalize our relationship with God. And, and what, when we talk about worship, many of us have the concept of a, a public display of being able to show our love to God corporately together in church service. And while that is an essential part of it, I want to tell you that that's not everything. Amen. The word, that is not just worship. And, and regardless... and 
considering maybe, should I say, that you have uh, whatever your frame of reference is, whatever your background, whatever your context is in church, you may have a different uh, philosophy on what a worship service really is. Some of us loved our worship services growing up. Uh, some of us couldn't wait for them to be over. It, it just depends. And that may have been your experience uh, but if there is anyone that we are going to get excited for, it is Jesus. Amen. These last two weeks have let us know that there are some teams that will let us down. But Jesus won't. If we're going to get excited for anyone, it should be the God who knows no defeat. It, is, it should be for the God whose resume says that he's never lost a battle. If we're going to be, if we're going to shout for someone, amen, it's going to be for the living God. Amen. I, I had to um, be at a basketball game this past Friday as part of my job responsibility. And I was standing next to uh, the school resource officer and we we're just watching the game. And all of a sudden, um, here goes one of our kids. He goes up for a layup. He gets fouled. And, and it goes in, the crowd goes wild, because you know, it's and one, and uh, I hollered. And I got, I got a little excited there for a little bit. I, my feet may have even left the ground, I'm not sure. But, but I'm gonna tell you, I felt convicted, and I said, man, I better shout like this for Jesus. I better get excited for God, because regardless of how well they're doing right now, they're not perfect, but God is, amen. So while it's not restricted to just a worship service, I want to talk about this topic here today. Amen. Are you ready? We're going to look at the public aspect of it. We're going to look at the private aspect. And the, and the verse that I want to use today is in Isaiah chapter 38, verses 18 and 19, specifically for this message. And it says, for the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness, the living, the living, they praise you. Amen. They praise you. As I am doing today, parents, tell your children about your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about God's love language today. All right. Here we go. Dr. Gary Chapman. How many know who Dr. Gary Chapman is? Five love languages. Um, he sought out, did some research, and wanted to do a, a book to help marriages be able to um, help, just to help marriages, to be able to get to that point where you can understand your spouse better um, and, and just to kind of figure them out and to know how they like to be loved. Amen. How they like to be loved. So he comes down to these five, five different love languages. There are acts of service, there are acts of service where you do something kind for one another, and that is the way your spouse feels appreciated. There is quality time where, where they just want you to sit there with them and, and just be in their presence. There's gift giving, amen. There's some of us that really like gift giving or gift receiving, should I say. There's words of affirmation where you just say, honey, I'm so proud of who you are. And you're doing an exceptional job. And that right there in and of itself is enough to, motiv to motivate and to encourage uh, them. And then there is physical touch. There's physical touch where it's just sometimes you just put your hand on, your shoulder, on their shoulder. And, and that is the way that you are expressing love uh, to that person who is receiving it. 
on that end. So it, the whole purpose is discover what their love language is and to be able to love them that way. Because if your spouse likes acts of service, don't try to win them over with quality time. You have to do something for them. <clears throat> and if we're going to love God, amen, we have to understand the way that he likes to be loved. Amen. He does say, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So we know that that is a way that we can love God. But one of the ways that I'd like to just jump into today is the way of worship. Amen. The way of worship. Because the truth is that while it is incredible to be here together and there is just something about coming together and feeling God's presence. I've said it before that it is not therapy, but it is therapeutic. It's incredible that being in God's presence can change our situations, can change our lives. It can change our moods. Amen. It can change just our outlook to be able to come in here and say, I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe you'll do it again. And just to, to, to be able to speak that into your spirit that you know what you're facing, but for you to be able to say, God, I'm facing something, but I know that you've come through for me before, and I know that you are going to do it again. So when we talk about worship, it's not necessarily while, while it is, while we benefit from it, it is not for our benefit. No, the Bible says that for your pleasure, for your pleasure, we were created. So real worship is not about us, but it's about him. It's about him. It's about recognizing who he is. It's about honoring him. It's about being reverent towards him. So God tells us a, a way that he loves to be loved, and it is through worship. He spells it out for us. Any of you ever been told by your spouse, I'm, I'm spelling it out for you, um, and you just kind of have to, you, you know. So God spelled it out for us, spelled it out for us. And as a matter of fact, he put it in 150 chapters in this book that we love to call the Bible that we know as the book of Psalms. And can I tell you that when we get to heaven, it is going to be us worshiping the king. Amen. There's not going to be, there's not going to be small groups. I love small groups. There's not going to be a dream team uh, serving. No, it is going to be about us worshiping the king day and night. So we are preparing here on earth for what we're going to do for eternity, where we will join uh, a heavenly host that says, holy, 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 holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is full of your glory. I'm, I'm so excited. I look forward to that day. But until that day comes, we will worship here on earth. Amen. We will worship here on earth. So what I want to break down is the word praise because you see this word commonly, especially in the book of Psalms, when you see the word praise. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord in the firmament of his foundations. All of this is, is found there. So to understand what I, but what I want to go, I want to just jump a little bit deeper into this word praise because that is the term that we are familiar with in the English language. But when you look at the original context of, when, of how the Bible was was written, should I say, the original manuscript, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. 
The New Testament is written in Greek. So when you want to really get down to the word praise and find out what, how this word is used, there's actually seven different words that are, fall under the word praise. But when they translated it into English, they just used the same word over and over again. But the truth is when you look at the Hebrew, there's, there's sometimes some words that, con that are opposites, not contradict, that, that, that are opposites. And, and I want to look at those today. They're in the Version app. I want to just talk about what they are. So once again, if you see the word praise in your Bible, it could be one of seven words that we're going to go through today. So let's look at them. Here we go. The first one is Hallel. Hallel. And this means to rave, boast, and celebrate. Does that sound like us sometimes? Amen. To rave, to boast, and to celebrate. It is where we, this word is where we get the word hallelujah. Halle and then God, hallelujah. So we have to understand that one of the ways that we are to praise him is to rave, to boast in him, and to celebrate who he is. Amen. We celebrate his goodness, but more than anything, we celebrate the fact that he is God and there is no one like him. Amen. Look what the Bible says here in Psalms 22 and verse 26. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who praise the Lord will praise him, will rave, will boast, and will celebrate him. May your hearts live forever. Amen. God welcomes our celebration. Amen. God welcomes us to rave on him. I, I'm, I'm so I'm grateful for the privilege to be able to celebrate, amen, the God that we serve. We will praise him. The second word that I want us to look at this morning is the word yada, which means to acknowledge in public, to acknowledge in public. Where is this used? It's used in Psalms 138 in verse 1. I will praise you. I will acknowledge you in public, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. Amen. With hands lifted up, uh, we, could, we could understand through this. So imagine in your mind a child extending his hands towards his, towards whether it be his mom or his dad. When you see this in public, that, that they just want to be with them. That is the comparison that we can see in this word, that we acknowledge him in public and we say, God, we need you. We need you. That's why we raise our hands because we want your presence. Uh, another way that I heard it is we raise our hands. Why do we raise our hands? Because in school, when the teacher asks a question, and if you know the answer, you raise your hand. How many know that he is the answer? He is the answer to everything that you could be facing. So I will acknowledge you in public, amen, with all my heart. The third word is Barak, and it is, it means now, you've, underst you've understood that we talk about raving and boasting and celebrating, but here we're talking about to bless by kneeling or bowing. So there are some times where we just come to him and we just say, God, here I am. I kneel before you. I bow before you because you're God. I, I understand who you are. I understand your greatness, and I understand how awesome you are. So I will come, and I will present myself to you in adoration. Amen. I will 
So look what it says here. Bless by kneeling or bowing to the Lord my soul. This is what Psalms 103.1 says. Praise the Lord my soul. This is what it's used in here. All my inmost being, I will praise his holy name. I will bless him by kneeling or bowing. When Notice how this is the way Psalms 103 starts. It starts talking about us being able to recognize and acknowledge who he is. When we bless his holy name and when you do that, the rest of Psalms 103 begins to happen. We, we can't ask for God to bless us. We can't ask God for him to, to come through for us until we acknowledge who he is. That's why, that's why this Psalms is written. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my inmost being. I'm going to praise his holy name. And then look what it says. And forget not all his benefits. Forget not all, all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Amen. Is there anybody that knows what it's like to be redeemed? And he crowns you. He crowns you with love and with compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I have, when I praise him, when I acknowledge him, the rest of Psalms 103 begins to happen in my life. And I begin to see it's the same principle from Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, then everything else. But I got to put him first. I got to praise him first. I got to worship him first. I had to glorify him first. Amen. The next word is zamar, which means making music to God with strings. I like this one because it specifically notes instruments. Look what it says. It is good to praise the Lord. It is good to praise God with strings and make music to your name, O Most High. That's what Psalms 92.1 says. I'm going to take it a little bit further. Look what Psalms 150 says. It says, praise God in his sanctuary. Amen. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. That, that doesn't mean to lie. That means that was a stringed instrument. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Our guy does it so loud that we have to put him in a cage. Praise him with the clashing of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to do what I can to be able to acknowledge and praise him because I'm praising him because of who he is. I will praise him for who he is. Amen. The next one is Shabbat, which means to, a, to address in a loud tone or to shout. Amen. To shout. To shout. He likes it when you shout. He likes it when you shout. If I, I'm going to tell you I love football, and if I go to a football game, I love a loud atmosphere. And I love a loud environment. But I'm not going to go to Ratliff Stadium and shout there and not come to Impact City and not shout here. Amen. I, if I go, I like it. And you know what? God likes it loud too. 
God likes it. To, look what it says. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Did you catch that? That my love, because his love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. God welcomes your Shabbat. God welcomes you to say, God, I'm grateful for today. God, I'm grateful for today. Amen. Amen. The next one, Toda, to lift hands in adoration. Notice that two out of the seven words that we're, we're looking at today signify our hands lifted up. I adore you, Lord. It is like saying, I adore you. I praise you. Those who sacrifice, the Bible says, those who sacrifice, thank offerings, honor me, and to the blameless, I will show my salvation. Amen. He loves when we just worship him. This is just some, some tools that I want to put with you that can just encourage you and that can help you look at life a little bit uh, in, in a different aspect when we talk about worship, that when you leave here, you can worship him in one of these seven ways. That you can worship him. The next one is Tehillah. That is an H. Tehillah means exuberant singing. Amen. Exuberant singing. I will extol, the Bible says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise, his tehillah will always be on my lips. His exuberant singing will always be on my lips. Once again, I'm, I'm talking about this to just to, because I want to put some fresh air in yourselves for you to be able to live life a little bit different and to be able to be encouraged throughout the week that we can love God here. His way. And, and I want to tell you, see if your life doesn't get better. See if when you worship him, if things don't begin to change. I challenge you. I challenge, Try it. Just give it a shot. What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. If you just say, God, I'm going to worship you not only at 10 o'clock on Sunday, but I'm going to worship you at 10 p.m. on Tuesday. I'm going to lift you up at all times. See it. I'd love to see your life 365 days from now and see what God has done in your life just because you've taken an attitude of worship and say, God, I'm not just going to pray a repetitious prayer. I'm not just going to ask you for things, but I'm going to come before you with exuberant singing. I'm going to rave and I'm going to boast and I'm going to celebrate who you are, your power, your goodness. Amen. And see what it does for you. So let's do a worship checkup. Let's do a worship checkup. We've looked at these seven words. What does the Bible say in Mark chapter 12, verse 30? It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. There are four things here that are outlined, that are specified, that are detailed for you and I, that I love him with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind and all my strength. So let's, let's look at these for just a moment. So when you look at heart and soul, what does that look like in your life and in my life? What is loving him with my heart and soul? It means expressing my affection to God. It means expressing my affection to God. Try telling your spouse, I love you in my heart and not doing anything about it. 
expressing my affection to God because the truth is that our affection is going somewhere. Our affection is going somewhere. God wants your affection. He wants our affection. And the question that, I, that you can ask in a rhetorical form is, is it going to God? Is my affection going to God? I, I love David um, because while he was very imperfect and while he failed, and it just describes our lifestyle that we're not perfect and that we fail, but David went after God's heart. He, he was a worshiper, and while he was a man's man, he was also, he would, he would dance before the presence of the Lord. David said in Psalms 84, I would rather be a greeter in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the house of the wicked. Uh, he, that, is that our prayer today? Is that our affection that like David said, oh Lord, uh, my, as the deer pants for the water, so does my soul thirst for you, God, that I need you more than anything else in this life, that if I lose everything, God, that I would still have you. Is that our prayer? Does that accurately describe who we are? That we would just ask to be just to be in his presence. That better is one day in your courts than a thousand. Amen. Elsewhere. That if I have a choice, I'd rather just spend one day here than a thousand elsewhere. While David was imperfect, he was an expresser. He showed his affection to God. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid to. He wasn't timid to. He knew who God was and he knew what God had done for him. So he said, I'm going to show him my love. But the truth is that sometimes we let what people think about us determine an express, our expression to God. If I raise my hands, who's looking at me? If I praise him with my whole heart, who is looking at me? And the, the truth is that sometimes we base our feelings, we, we base our worship on our feelings and our emotions and not on God's. Sometimes it, it, sometimes it takes a determination on the inside. We don't go based off of our feelings and our emotions. No, we praise him because of who he is. It is about making an active choice. It's about determining and saying, you know what, if they, even if they don't sing my favorite song, I'm still going to lift my hands. It doesn't matter what is going on. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm telling you that we have to make an active choice to say, you know what? Worshiping him is the most important thing that I do when I come here. It, it is what captures his attention. He loves, the Bible says that he dwells in the midst of the praise of his people. I come here today to praise him. And it is a key component of who we are. So the question is, when, when we're looking at expressing my affection, ask yourself this question as we conduct this self-check. What do I love most? What do I love most? Because I promise you, whatever you're loving most is getting your affection. The second thing, love the Lord with all your mind. With all your mind. Focus. So I do this by focusing my attention on God. What do I think about the most? What do you think about the most? If you love football, you're probably thinking about the game this afternoon. If you love shopping, you're probably thinking that you can get a little bit of shopping in today. Because that's where our mind is at. 
we have to reprioritize and put our attention on God. Not on the church, not on the preacher. I'm talking about putting our attention on God. Focus on him. And then I got to love the Lord with all my strength. I have to love him with all my strength. So what does this mean? That means that I use my abilities for God. That I use my abilities. What God has placed in your skill set, your talents, the giftings that you have. There is nobody like you. And you've been, you're here for a reason. What do I do most? Ask yourself that question. What do I do most? When you serve on our dream team, that's, that's a form of worship. Serving, whether you're running a camera, whether you're opening a door, whether you're greeting somebody as they come in, that is a form of worship because we're using the talents and the abilities that he has given to be able to be a blessing to somebody else. Your smile may have just made somebody else's day. It's what, using what God has put in our hands to be able to bless others. So ask yourself this question, what do I do most? What do I do most? And as I close today, if the worship team will join me, let me break it down in this manner. Let me break it down in this manner. Where is God on your list? Where's God on your list? He doesn't mind you loving chocolate or football doesn't mind you loving those things, but he sure does mind if you love that more than him. He does. He said, you will have, you should have no other gods before me. If he's not first, he's really not on your list. If he's not first, he's really not on my list. If he isn't Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. He isn't Lord of all. He isn't Lord at all. So what does that look like in your life today? What does that look like in your life today to be able to move some things around and to, to make some shifts and to make some adjustments and to be able to say, God, I, help me. Because while I'm knocking it out of the park on this area, these are the areas that I'm struggling in and I really need really need you. When we, look, when we talk about salvation, salvation is not joining a church. No, salvation is reordering your priorities. It's reordering your priorities and just saying, God, I don't have it all together, but I'm making a commitment to put you first. I'm making a commitment to put you first. So as I close this morning, could you make a commitment to worship him? Could you make a commitment to be able to stop your day and just say, God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. That while not everything is perfect in my life, I, I worship you. And see how that changes your life. See how that changes your day. And then ask yourself those three questions. Am I, am I expressing my affection to him? 
Am I focusing on him? And am I using my abilities? Am I using my abilities for God? Would you pray? Father, right now, Father, we're so grateful. We're thankful that you're a God that reminds us, that comes to us, that encourages us, that challenges us. God, right now, there may be some of us in this place that need to reorder some priorities. There may be some of us in this place that need to shift some things around and to be able to make some adjustments. God, as David says, search me, O God. Show me, examine me, show me where I'm lacking because I want to grow, I want to improve. Let your word, God, today challenge us and stretch us and have weight on our lives. God, right now, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this moment that we have to be able to worship you and to glorify you. I thank you for this moment, God, that you just allow us to come and acknowledge who you are, to rave and to boast and to celebrate, to be, God, who you have called us to be. We know your word says that you seek those that worship you in spirit and in truth. Let us be those people. Let us worship you, God, at all times. In Jesus' name, we ask, amen. I'm going to invite you with every eye closed. There is someone in this place that you have not talked to you about reordering your list. and You have not given your heart to Jesus. And today you say, I I want to reprioritize. With every eye closed, I want to invite you just to raise your hand right where you're at. I want to invite you to raise your hand right where you're at. And we're going to pray this commitment prayer together. Amen. He loves you enough to remind you today that he can change your life and he can turn it around. So everybody, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and making a way for me to come to you. I receive this gift and ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I give you all of me and ask you to turn my life around for your glory. Fill me with your spirit and help me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen.